This is episode number seventy-two. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. With Shalita O'Neill. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohi, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to answer a few questions that I've been receiving regarding your upcoming events in New York City, Washington, D.C., and San Diego. These are three events during which you'll get to hear stories from other speakers who have overcome adversity and challenges within their lives. In addition, you'll also get a chance to share your own story amongst other people who are going through a similar journey that you are. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guest. Do you find yourself seeking external validation? If so, what do you hope that that person or group of people will tell you? She said, I was seeking external validation for my accomplishments because I didn't come up in a home where it was instilled in me. It was something I was always seeking. I realized that, okay, If you do well in certain areas, this is how you'll get certain types of validation. I have been operating off of that until I was about 33 years old. Then, I hit a ceiling professionally. And also continued to recognize this void that I had. And I realized that I had to stop and go inward to see where this was coming from. Without further ado... Please welcome Charlita O'Neill. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Outs podcast. Today's guest is someone who I was introduced to through the power of social media. Her name is Charlita O'Neill. She's the founder and CEO of an organization called Fostering Change Network Foundation based in Washington, D.C., I believe. Charlita, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for being so open and receptive to my initial message in wanting to learn more about your story and the journey that you've gone through in your lifetime and seeing how we can help ourselves essentially live the best possible versions that we can be. And so as part of this, the way that I wanted to start off this conversation is with a quote, which I had shared with you a little while ago by Oscar Wilde, and the quote is, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What does that make you think of when you hear something like that? Well, when I think of that, um, because it's something that I've had to learn over the years and something that I like to share with people who I work with is, um, you know, sometimes we get intimidated 
by others' success or we feel like maybe certain markets or certain things are oversaturated. So we'll have an idea and we don't want to do it because we feel like somebody else is already doing it. Mm -hmm. But what I have come to understand too is that no one can be or bring your, I I call it twang, right, to Mm -hmm. the situation. (laughs) You've got your own special sauce that nobody else can duplicate. And so even if you're talking about the same thing or doing the same thing, it's not gonna be the same because of what you bring to it and the light that you bring to it. So it's funny that you um, chose that quote because it does really resonate with me. Mm -hmm. I like that point for many reasons. One of the books that I'm reading right now, as I shared with you before, is called The Art of Possibility. And there's a chapter within it that speaks about inventions. And it Mm -hmm. says that everything in life is invented. And it's not in, not to say that everything has been invented for you, therefore there's nothing more to invent, but it, it specifically says, this is at least my understanding, is that we have the power to invent whatever it is that we choose. And so if we choose to invent a version of ourselves where we see ourselves for who we are, where we embrace our failures, our mistakes, and everything else along the journey as just learning opportunities, Mm-hmm. then those are the best possible versions that we can create out of, out of ourselves. Yeah. And I think it is through that journey of what you just also mentioned, it's also important to show others that we are not perfect. We're all li- we're living, things. exactly, we're living with our imperfections. Yeah. And so as part of that, it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. It's, it, what, what I think is more in, encouraging in my eyes is not necessarily the moment when you do fail, but the moment when you are able to, in this book it talks about raising your hand when you make a mistake because it makes you stop and it makes you acknowledge that, okay, I made a mistake here. What was it? Why didn't I make it? And how can I share this with other people who can learn from that experience? Absolutely. Yeah. So the question that I have to you is, you know, how, when did this make sense to you as far as living who you are, staying true to your own values and not having other people define those for you? Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, I don't think I took that, that journey of introspection until I want to say four or five years ago, because for me, um, you know, growing up in foster care and aging out of foster care. I um, never really slowed down to see or unpack what that meant to me mm-hmm. and how it influenced who I was and the decisions that I made. I, I never had a chance to slow down. I think for me, I was uh, I accomplished a lot, and I think I was seeking external validation for my accomplishments because mm-hmm. I didn't really come up in a home where those it was instilled in me mm-hmm. consistently. It was something I was always seeking. And I realized that, okay, well, if you do well in certain areas and, you know, this is how you get certain types of validation. And I had been operating off of that, off of that until probably I was about 33. And I said, okay, I had hit a ceiling professionally and mm-hmm. then also continued to recognize this void, this personal void that I had. And I realized I had to stop and go inward and try to see, okay, well, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. So I finally had got the courage to do that. And um, once I started doing that and, and learning who I am, like the things that I like, you know, outside of foster care, outside of achieving, it, 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 I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I like to garden, I like to sew, I like to cook, you know, I like to make things. 
And I took time to really look at those things and then see why, where my, my motivation or re- reasoning behind accomplishing, trying to get external validation where it came from. Mm-hmm. And I, that's when I really started to see, okay, Shalita, listen, you are a gem. Okay, you don't have to prove that to anybody else externally. You you say that to yourself and you truly believe it to yourself. And even if you have to say it every single day until you actually believe it, there, you're enough without mm. doing anything else. And that's where I am now. You know, um, that's beautiful. And it's, I believe it's a journey, though. But mm-hmm. what other messages do you tell yourself? on a is it a daily? I'm assuming it's a daily practice. It's a it's a daily thing. I actually um, I had about four years ago enrolled in like a transformational program, right? To, that helped me start this this whole introspective journey. And part of it is we have contracts. We get up those contracts, and it's an affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know? So my my affirmation is I am a honest, worthy and risk-taking woman and that's i have it on my my mirrors in my bathroom in my bedroom like i and i you see behind me i have i have affirmations all over my chocolate wall i love it (laughs) one day i just said i'm gonna paint it and i'm just gonna write on it and so it's all different types of affirmations um but whatever i'm feeling for that day you know i'm worthy what tends to be a a trend for me is i am worthy i'm worthy I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. I love all the affirmations behind you for multiple reasons. First one, it's very difficult to escape. And I think the more visible that you make it, the higher your chances are of actually making it into a habit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes subconscious. Mm-hmm. That's where I realized, you know, when people say you write your goals down and, you know, and you have a vision board and there's a reason behind that because once you actually make it real and bring it into the universe, even if you don't look at it every day, it's almost like it's working behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then you look up and you're like, oh, I wrote that last week and this is just manifested or, oh, I said this, you know, yesterday and now look at it. So it's, some, it's something to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to be able to take a step back and actually paint some context for some of the listeners who may not be familiar with this story as, as I am. Could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? You mentioned growing up in foster care. Why did you end up in the system to begin with? And what were the things that you learned along that journey about yourself that have become fundamental um, principles or lessons that you refer to on a daily basis now? Yeah. So I came into foster care. Well, it was actually kinship care. It was informal foster care when I was almost three years old. My mother was murdered. And my father did, I never knew him. So it wasn't, he wasn't in my life. And I went to go live with my grandmother for a couple of years, but she was an alcoholic and dealing with her own things. And she's trying the best that she could for me. Mm-hmm. But um, my mother's brother decided to take me and for me to come and live with him and I, I my uncle. And so I lived with him for about eight years, but it was a lot of abuses there. And I, um, it wasn't until I was 13 where I had the courage to tell someone what was going on with me. And that's when I officially came into the foster care system. And I went to go live with a friend of the family and then went to a, a, a stranger foster home. I didn't know these people. Um, and then I went into a group home before going away to college. Mm. And, um, you know, I struggled through college, but I knew that that education was going to be my way out because that's what I was always told. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I did finish. I had to change my major, but I, I 
graduated with a bachelor's of criminology and criminal justice, but I was still going through a lot. I was still in foster care when I was in college and, um, you know, having to deal with my uncle who I, who I was living with, who I was taken away from was murdered while I was in college and, um, you know, had lost my grandmother not too long, you know, before that. Mm-hmm. So I think when I went into college is when I had to, that was when I was really on my own. You know, I really felt like mm-hmm. it was a pivotal time in my life where I had to, you know, boss up, so to speak, you know, Dig and deep really and start working on yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the best that I knew how. And, um, you know, once I, I was still operating from that place of um, wanting to be accepted, of not having parents and yearning for the love, you know, validation and things like that, um, and really dealing with my abandonment situation or abandonment situation. So, um, you know, I, I, I kept my head down. I did what I was supposed to do, you know, and I, and graduated, um, from, from college. But then I also, when I aged out, which is 21 in Maryland, a lot of states it's 18 and mm-hmm. it really, the state is no longer responsible for you. You have to figure it out. And, um, I think, one of the things I had to come to terms with was, okay, Shalita, all of this has happened to you in the past, but you have a choice to make. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to use it to fuel you forward? And I used it initially, the anger that I had because I didn't think my situation was fair. Mm-hmm. I fueled it into trying to prove people wrong. Mm. And, you know, wanting to, all the people that said, Shalita, you're not going to amount to anything. And all the odds are stacked against you and you're just going to be just like this. You're going to be just like that. You know, I I took that and I wanted to prove them wrong. That was my fuel initially. Um, Now it's something much more bigger than that, but at least, you know, it Mm -hmm. it started me down that path. So I think um, that was one of the the biggest lessons or the biggest, I guess, crossroads at at that time. One of the first ones that I had to come to grips with, what do I want to do with, Mm -hmm the story and what has happened to me and how am I going to use it to move myself forward. Mm-hmm. There's so many questions that come to mind as you're sharing this. You know, one of the first ones, it goes back to the concept of belonging that I've been trying to understand. My story is that I was adopted into a family that is out of Ann Arbor, Michigan at the age of 12. And mm-hmm. prior to that, I actually have memories of living within my household and everyone within that your story is a little bit different as far as it sounds like you didn't really have parental figures um you know from a relatively young age so my question to you is how do you what did belonging really mean to you back then if you weren't able to how did how did you identify where you belonged because it's it, it didn't sound like you had a traditional style family set of parents mm-hmm. anyone else that you rely on and you can define as family what would how did you redefine that for yourself well i think i mean that's that's a really good question because when i think back on it i really never felt like i belonged mm-hmm. even with when i was with family i i knew that they loved me in the best way that they could and that they knew how but i was moving so much there was no stability really so even when I was living with my uncle, he would leave me with his girlfriends a lot of times, you know, that who he, you know, I, I may know, may not know. Mm-hmm. And I was with them a lot, you know. And so that's, again, different households, different people. And you're trying to figure out where do I fit in. So I More think, transitions. 
Yeah, I've always been in a state of transition until I was able to create my own family, you know, my, myself. And when I really started to understand how my lack of belonging really influenced everything that I did, you know, and how I, 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 I had, you know, took on this, this, um, this attitude that I wasn't going to rely on anyone mm -hmm. because I didn't want anyone to make me feel like they could just pull the rug from underneath of me stepping back to the belonging issue. I never belonged and I always felt like I was in transition. So it really, I, I didn't belong. I didn't feel like I belonged as a child anywhere. Mm -hmm. I always felt I was a burden on whoever I was with. Mm. Do you feel at home now or is there still something Absolutely. missing? I mean, there'll, there'll always be a, a piece of wanting to, you know, wondering what it would have been like to have a mom or have, you know, I've, I've heard stories about my mom and how wonderful she was and, um, you know, just what that would have been like mm -hmm. and, and having a father who, you know, would have been there and things. So there's always that element of, you know, I wonder what that would have been like, but it doesn't hit me the same because, mm. you know, I do understand now that I wouldn't be able to have anything that I have now if I didn't go through that. And, and it took me a minute to come to that, that, you know, to be able to say that if I could change things and if I had the infinity stones or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to, to alter time and go back, would I do it? And I would not because of what I've been able to, I've been able to be a light to so many other people that have or are going through what I've been through or something similar. And, um, I've been able to create my own family. I've been married for, it'll be 12 years to a loving husband, loving, supportive husband. I have a beautiful, almost nine-year-old little boy. And I get an opportunity to create for for my son, you know, um, what I would have wanted, the love, at least the love and nurturing part, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because he's his own person and, you know, he'll never understand what it's like to not have parents that love and dote on him, you know? Mm -hmm. But I get a chance to create that. And I understand that now, that just how much of a creator we all are. So it doesn't, you know, I, I when you say, when you think, when you think of a void or think of, um, it's not necessarily something that I would look at in a negative way anymore. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I think there are so many things to learn from that, except in your past it is like an onion. I mean, there's so many layers to it mm -hmm. and you, you peel it off and then you don't know the layer under it, but you know that there's mm -hmm. something more that you're going to have to mm -hmm. work through and mm -hmm. certain relationships that you have within your lifetime. It's, it takes time. I, I've mm -hmm. always been very cautious, especially when people say, well, just go out there and tell them you're sorry and forgive them. But it, it, that's internal work that you have to come <laughs> yeah. to terms with first. Yeah. You have yeah. to be able to self-identify as far as, am I ready to go to X, Y, and Z person and tell them that I truly am sorry or that I forgive them for everything that they've done because the person that's telling you that they don't know what you're feeling inside mm -hmm. and they right. don't know what you have to process before you get mm -hmm. to that stage. Mm -hmm. You're so right. So as part you're of that, right. I think it's it, it always goes back on you and finding the courage within yourself and knowing that you are enough and you are worthy mm -hmm. and you are loved and accepted by yourself before anyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that I really had to learn and to be able to accept and love myself in my totality, even the parts that I don't like. 
mm-hmm. you know, growing up and, and it was a survival mechanism too, that, you know, I always wanted to just be the perfect kid because hopefully, you know, hopefully someone would, Oh, I want to adopt that kid. Oh, she's mm-hmm. great. You know, to me, that was survival because I wanted a family. It didn't happen for me, but I, I got into this habit of people pleasing and of, you know, even trying to feel like I need to hide parts of myself that I think aren't good in order to be liked and in order to be accepted. And I'm at a point in my life now coming through that point too, because it's, it's, it takes 30 years to get to a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know, you can take a little time to, to unpack some of it, but you know, to be like, okay, I'm having a crappy day. And I may not be light, sunshine, and rainbows, you know, like I am most of the time, and that's okay. Or, you know, I'm working on this piece. Oh, Shalita, I see. Oh, girl, I saw that piece come out of you. You know, like I got some work to do in that area. And being okay with that, you know, is is a is a process. But I think the message in that is that, like you said, no one is perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. And I believe even our flaws adds to our you know, are are special, you know, what's so special about us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you can't, there is no, oh, I'm all this one way, which is great. And whose definition of that? Like from whose perspective, all of it is necessary. Yeah. And the things that are defined as our flaws, there's a reason why they're your flaws to begin with. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. one else can do the things that you can do. Right. I am a huge believer that I think when we, in certain parts of our society, there I've heard this very often, is that don't reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I fully agree with that, mm-hmm. because it's not you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just being who you are, and even if you are doing the same exact business model, right. there's still a different element to it. Mm-hmm. The people that you that. meet along the way, the customers, they're one of the things that I heard recently is that, especially when it comes to businesses, for example, there's no such thing as shortage of customers. Mm-hmm. Just expand your box, expand mm-hmm. your thinking. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever done the exercise. It's a, it's nine dots. It's a, it's a, a square. And you got to connect. And you have to with, connect it with, with four, four lines. <laughs> and. Yeah. At first, I was trying to connect within the box, and then I started to do a little bit more research. And the the final piece for those that don't know it is you actually go outside of the box. Mm-hmm. What was really interesting mm-hmm. about that exercise is it made me realize that that's what life is. Mm-hmm. It's learning how to draw outside of the box that you create for yourself. Mm-hmm. The self limiting mm-hmm. beliefs, the thoughts that you think, "Oh, I can't do this," those yeah. all come from you. Mm-hmm. There's no person that can literally define for you that says you cannot pick up this phone and call this person and connect with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to, you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. It may not be the direct approach of how you're going to get there. It's always a zigzag, mm-hmm. but you're going to, you're going to find it. You're going to yeah. find that path and you're going to achieve yep. that goal as long as you're willing to set your mind to it. Mm-hmm. You're right. You speak a lot about family and Mm -hmm. the role that it has played for you and the importance of being able to create a family for yourself that you you did not have at a very beginning. I'm curious to know, how would you define your family? 
if you were given a set of words, one word to begin with, mm-hmm. one word to define your family, what would that word be? Supportive. I'd say supportive. Um, so many words. So my my little family. Um, light. You know. Um, it's non-traditional. Mm-hmm. When I think of you know, I've got my husband and my son, but I don't have my mom or my dad, and he didn't have his dad, but we have his mom. Mm-hmm. And she is, I call her mother in love because that's exactly what she is. We're so much alike, it's scary. So, um, <laughs> non traditional, um, yeah, connected, um, home. That's beautiful. I love I love all of those because I think those are all at least based on the way that I view my family are all present within that mm-hmm. household as well. I think supporting yourself as well as supporting other people's dreams is one of the biggest treasures that you can or gifts that you can share with mm-hmm. others is the inspiration mm-hmm. that um, the things that you are going through in life you're not alone. Right. There are other people that are going through similar challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started overcoming odds, I firmly believe that we all have odds to overcome on a daily basis. And so why do it alone? What's the mm-hmm. fun in that? Why not <laughs> Why not share the laugh? Why not share the cries with other people yeah. who are going through yeah. the same exact obstacles, just mm-hmm. at a different level and a different chapter mm-hmm. of their lives? Yeah. Final thought for today's episode, and this is a question that I ask all of our guests, and that is, who or what are you grateful for today? Wow. That's that's a that's a doozy. <laughs> does it have to it doesn't have to be one person, right? It be, um or what am I grateful for? Um because my who is collective, but as far as what I'm grateful for, I'm grateful to be a spirit having a human experience and to be present with that and to understand all of what that, or have a better understanding um, of what that truly means because it influences how I feel about family and influences how I feel about my purpose here mm-hmm. and um, it also helps to remove a lot of the self-imposed negative conversations that I have with myself and limiting you know sometimes we all do about what's possible mm-hmm. and when I take a step back and see Shalita and my the what, what I believe um, is that I chose this path and there's a reason for that and to trust that path to trust myself and to trust that whatever's happening, whoever's brought into my circle is gonna help me to fulfill my purpose mm-hmm. here. And when I look at it like that, everything else um, is, you know, um, it's a beautiful journey. 
mm-hmm. no matter what happens, no matter what has happened, no matter what will happen. I like that and I can relate on so many different levels based on what you just said, what I heard mm-hmm. was that everything happens for a reason, but more importantly, you get to define what that reason is. Absolutely. Yep. So I think you have circumstances that happen in your life that you did create. We created this conversation. You created the, the person that you've become in order to get to this point. Um, the wall that you have behind you, you've created that mm-hmm. to a degree. Maybe you didn't put the cement and concrete and all that together. Right. <laughs> but you you created it by showing an expression that you wanted that wall to have that resonated with you. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I think you do have a choice to live out a story that you want. And as part of that, know that it's not it's not going to be easy because I don't think it's supposed to be easy. I think if you were to find out now the end to your journey, then what would the purpose be of living the rest of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no purpose for the remaining 70 or 80 years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's supposed to be ongoing. Yeah. There are chapters of it. Some of the purpose I think you get to define for yourself. Other purpose gets defined for you by other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, that. And, I, and I think what you said about the story piece and the perspective, one thing that I also had to learn is that we make up our own stories about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's um, conscious or subconscious, even if, you know, sometimes if we have a disagreement with someone and we don't even, we just want to make up in our mind why they did something or why they didn't do something instead of reaching out to them to see what what it really is from their perspective we've already made up our own story in our own mind and have our emotions attached to it and we mm-hmm. already know and and there or therein causing our own sort of emotional issues right as mm-hmm. opposed to so many times i've been like let me just ask was this what it was and it's never that you know um but it's important that it goes both ways. Whatever story that we decide that we want to create for our lives or for our purpose or for whatever we're doing, it's, it is what we say it will be. Our perspective, you know, it is, you know, whether, whether you can or you can't, you're right, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're mm-hmm. right. It's, Do you think that's one of the reasons why we are afraid to ask is because of the story that we create for ourselves prior to that mm-hmm. action actually taking place? Yep, and for us to be wrong, we don't like, you know, like it's a human thing. We don't, we don't like to be wrong. <laughs> Even if you're telling yourself something that doesn't make you feel good, you want to be right about it, uh, you know. And actually trying to figure out and look at things from a different perspective, it, it proves you wrong. And you know, so that's another internal thing that we all sort of have to work on. Um, you know, choosing to stay in a certain place because we want to be right about being there. Mm-hmm. Shalita, how do people find you and what are some of the things that you have coming up that people can be a part of? Yes. So they can find me. I'm on uh, I'm on all the different okay, I'm getting older now, so I gotta remember I'm on Twitter. <laughs> find me on Twitter, Shalita O'Neill. Um, also um, FCN Foundation. And I'm also on Instagram, the FCN Foundation. And um, 
people can go to epsteinfoundation.org to find out more information about the about what we're up to. But we also have a conference coming up called the Alumni Powerhouse Networking Conference coming up September 21st. Mm-hmm. And it's a professional conference for anyone who's ever lived with people other than their biological parents in their childhood. So, you know, come to connect with others who are doing well because we're working to dispel that stigma of adoption and foster care Mm -hmm. and to show that we go through things, but we also come out of it being of contribution to our Mm -hmm. community. So we'll have, um, you know, different workshops on self-care, people speaking about how to um, launch and grow nonprofits, for-profit businesses, financial well-being, you know, just the things that um, I feel are important for us to be able to realize our own success, whatever that means for us, will be at the conference. So, and then more information about that is on fcnfoundation.org as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being a wonderful guest and everything that you do day in and day out. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for reaching out and for this opportunity. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Also, if you like what you heard, or if you have any feedback regarding any future guests or content that you would like to do a deeper dive please let us know. Feel free to share your thoughts through Instagram, Facebook, or by leaving us a review on iTunes. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.